This is episode number five of Broadband the Podcast, and today's guest is Donna McCarthy of the Bubla Magazine. Welcome to Broadband, a podcast created to showcase businesswomen who share insights and lessons learned about their journeys to self-employment. Here's your host, Denise Kowalczyk. Hello, this is Broadband, the podcast, and I'm Denise Kowalczyk. Thanks so much for tuning in for this new episode. And if this is your very first visit, welcome. And if this is a return visit, glad to have you back. I created this podcast in order to share some of the wisdom that other businesswomen are sharing with me. And I also wanted to showcase their businesses to the greater community. You know, last year, women launched over 1,800 new businesses each day. Latino women-owned businesses grew more than 87%, and 62% of women entrepreneurs cite their businesses as their primary source of income. There is so much great stuff going on for women in business, and it's my plan, my intention, to introduce you to a few of them right here on Broadband the Podcast. Now, on today's show, I am super excited, as I always am, to introduce you to Donna McCarthy. She is the energy behind Miss Mac Books and one of the publishers of a new kids digital magazine called The Bubla. Born and raised on Long Island, she received a BFA in illustration from the School of Visual Arts, and her career includes work as a freelance illustrator, textile designer, and an art teacher. She is now living in Rhode Island and living her dream as a picture book illustrator and writing of children's stories. Donna, welcome to Broadband. Thank you for having me, Denise. I'm super excited. So we're just going to get right down to it. Can you describe, well, what exactly is your business? Can you give a description and what it's called? Um, I guess the umbrella is children's publishing. I started out as an independent author illustrator four years ago and just recently moved into digital uh, publication for kids. It's a digital magazine. And that I embarked on with two colleagues and we started an LLC together. Um, So yeah, that's the umbrella, but it's all about kids and, and publications for kids. And what is the name of this publication? The publication, the digital magazine is called The Bubla. The Bubla. And at the time of our discussion, it was released yesterday, September 1st, yes. wasn't it? Yesterday at midnight. Congratulations. And thank you. It's very exciting. So you also have a background. I mean, you do this, which is a great, big, huge thing, but you're you're an artist, right? You're an, an um, visual artist of some sort, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, what's your background? I'm a lot of things, <laughs> but primarily uh, visual artist slash teacher. So I, I got my degree in, okay. in drawing and illustration um, back in the 80s, and I intended to do what I'm doing now and got sidetracked for, oh, just 30 years as an art teacher Mm. and which was a wonderful career and has actually, the way it kind of worked out, which isn't the way I planned and it never is, but the, the teaching career has really fed into this new adventure. And I don't know that I would have made a go of it when I was younger 
not having had that 30 years of education experience because this is really, they've just blended together. You know, you're absolutely right. The universe or whatever you want to call it puts things in front of you or you in front of things yep. exactly when and how you need it to happen yeah. in your life. Yeah, and you can't, you can't really change that. You just kind of learn to like go with the flow and let it happen the way it's supposed to. Yeah. But let me tell you, though, uh, actually, actually ask you, what was in your life that really opened your heart to art? Was it a person? Was it an experience? Or has it just been with you ever since you can remember? I, can't, I really can't remember it not being with me. Um, I remember being as little as five years old. And, you know, you love to ask kids what they're going to be when they grow up. And I said, an artist, and not really understanding at that age what that truly involves. But all I knew was that I enjoyed, at that time, drawing more than anything. And I, I was an introverted kid and spent a lot of time. And I didn't mind being alone. And, and if I got sent to my room, it was like, okay, I'll draw. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't a punishment. Yeah. It drove my mother crazy. But um I just didn't always enjoyed solitude and being a visual artist is very much, you have to be comfortable with being yourself by yourself. Unlike a performing artist, you know, it's all about the connection with the audience, a visual artist. It's really, you connecting with an audience, but via your work, but in the process of it, it's really about you. Yeah. And I just, just can't remember not it, it not being an inter integral part of, of who I was. So. So let's go back to the magazine, the Bubla. Um, what is it? Like, what can people find in it? And what makes it super special? The Bubla magazine um, is a lot of things, but what it primarily is, is a forum for kids. It's not just a magazine that you'd buy to read where adults are writing things that they think kids want to read. Um, and sometimes they're successful at it, but it's a combination of that. But it's also a place where kids can be a part basically of our staff. They create as much of the content as we can get. In fact, we'd like it to evolve in to mo most of the content is from kids in the form of anything creative. So we have creative writing contests but kids can simply submit a poem, a story, a limerick. Um, they can be a journalist and go out and report on something. They can um, make a wonderful food dish and send us pictures and images and tell us how that went. Um, we have a section called It's Easy Being Green where we um, uh, write about kids who are involved somehow in the environment, trying to make a difference, to, to live a green life, to teach people about being green. And there's so many, so many kids that are doing amazing things and contributing. And, um, you know, having been a teacher for so long, especially when we get older, I think we, we can just make these kind of flip comments about 
oh, how kids today are this and kids today are that. Every generation does that. Every generation does it. And, you know, when you're a teacher, your experience with kids is just so much different. And you really get to see them in, in a light that I don't think a lot of people do, except for their parents. And so a colleague approached me about doing that. Her idea was to showcase kids who were philanthropic or, you know, altruistic in some way. And I thought it was a great idea. And then when she presented it to me, my mind just started going nuts. And to me, creative expression has always been just a wonderful conduit for kids to, or for anyone, Mm -hmm. um, to self-discover, to self-actualize, to to introspect, to learn who they are. So this is really, I'm still a teacher. It's just more indirectly than it was. Um, I'm still, it's still like a virtual classroom without them realizing it, you know, it's a forum. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, what I've always done is just taking on a different form. So if you had a chance to go back in time and hang out with your younger self, what would you share with your younger self about embarking in a career in the arts? Um, I would probably tell her that you don't have to know everything. I think at that time, I, to, much to my detriment, I think we all do this to some extent, especially when we're younger, is we compare ourselves to others and kind of covet what other people have. And we have this perception, oh, that person is so successful and this person has everything. And, and I always assumed when I was younger, when I saw someone successful, that they just knew everything going into it. And so I was kind of waiting until I knew everything before I could... <laughs> I take any chances and and if I could go back I would say no 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 just start you you know enough to start you're going to learn as you go you're going to meet people who know more than you who are more than generous and are willing to share Um, so just start and just take it one little step at a time and stop worrying about the big picture yeah well let's say you could go time travel forward in about five years. What do you think your future self would say to you? Um, You're much more capable and valuable than you think right now. Mm -hmm. That you're contributing more than you realize. You're better at what you do than you realize. Because I tend to be very hard on myself. Uh, as far as, you know, I, I, want, I know if I'm a perfectionist, but I'm very aware, especially with visual stuff or anything that you're putting out there for people to see, that it should be perfect. And there really is no such thing. Mm-hmm. And I look at, you know, the magazine and there were a few little things missing that didn't link correctly that only I'm aware of. Uh, there was a couple of layouts that bugged me a teeny bit. But I'm learning to let that go and go, all right, you learn from it. The next one will be better. It's okay. It still has value. It's still wonderful. It doesn't have to be perfect. So I think learning. that comes from, but where, you know, how do we learn that? I mean, I guess we could spend three hours talking about how we learn that, but I would say most people carry that 
that, oh, it's not yeah. enough. I'm not enough. I, it's not perfect enough. It's not good enough. It's not, not good, good enough. Where do you think yeah. that comes from? I don't know. I guess part of it's societal, part of it's, um, you know, how we grow up. I think we, unfortunately, we grow up always trying to, or be, or be led to, to think that we have to please other people. We have to make our teacher proud. Mm -hmm. We have to make our parents proud. Mm -hmm. It's always someone else that we're having to you know, satisfy or, or prove ourselves to. And I don't think it's done intentionally, but I think it's very harmful. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's an interesting thing that we learn because children yeah. are pretty much, they come out of the womb, brave, courageous, fearless. Yeah. And then they learn um, to be more quiet or uh, just not rock the boat and all that stuff. But I suspect there have been people in your life that influenced you in a way to support your dreams or uh, to be an artist, to uh, make art a business. I mean, who were some of those people who influenced you? Well, absolutely. My family. Um, I was definitely kind of the oddball. I was the youngest of a big family, a lot of siblings and um, nobody else is really, I'm going to say they're creative. We had a few cooks in, in the family chefs and, so in other creative ways, but as far as visual arts, and I was probably a little bit of an oddball just because of my imagination, I probably appeared to be that, but, but my, my brothers and sisters and parents were always very encouraging. Um, and you know, my mom, I come home with a new drawing at school and I just quietly hand it to my mom and she might be talking to the neighbors out you know, on the street and she, oh my goodness, look at what my, you know, daughter made. And she was very show-offy mm -hmm. and extroverted. And I was almost embarrassed by um, that attention. Mm. Um, but, you know, it definitely made an impact. And uh, they were all always very proud of what I did. And my dad was a typical, you know, World War II veteran, blue collar worker, you know, work, work hard until you retire, took good care of his family. And to support me to go to art school, you know, really was kind of a big deal for him. I don't know if I had been one of the oldest, if that would have happened. Um, but by the What time do you mean? I, what does that mean exactly? Well, I think my brothers, my oldest brothers uh, were born in the 50s, early 50s. I wasn't born until the mid 60s. So it's a big age difference. And I just think, you know, they changed, you know, they, you, you get more mellow and, you know, you just change as you get older and, and grow and learn. And um, I, yeah, I, I think if I had come earlier, he may have been more like, well, you know, maybe you should go to regular college and get a more practical degree. Cause he was a little bit to that extent. When I said art school, he said, okay, but you can't major in fine art. It's got to be graphic design or advertising or something that's going to be able to pay the bills. He yeah. didn't see how just learning to be a good painter was going to help me in any way. Yeah, so I majored in illustration, um, you know, and wanting to be either an editorial illustrator or a children's book illustrator. So when you get in zones, I mean, it's, you know, right now at the time of this conversation, we're still in the darn pandemic. I'm just waiting for the time when we're like, remember back in the days when we were in the pandemic? But 
life is what it is. Before COVID, there was always something going on. And not many of us, there are a few maybe on the planet where they could be, oh, I love doing A, B, and C, and I have all the time and all the resources in the world to live and enjoy that. But the regular folk, which is 99% of us, um, we have to kind of fit in things, our passions, things that are creative. Um, and you are pursuing a dream, a passion that has taken different shapes and forms over the past few years. But how do you maintain your balance, like um, your healthy perspective of this is something I'm passionate about, this is what I want to do with my life, in the constant intermittent, you know, challenges of living life? Well, self-care, learning self-care is a big part of that. And it's like we were saying earlier, it's how part of it is how you talk to yourself, giving yourself, celebrating yourself, giving yourself credit for your accomplishments, um, even if they're flawed. Um, talking to yourself the way you would a close friend. You'd be encouraging, you'd be kind, you'd be praising them going, my gosh, woman, look what you've done. And, and learning to do that for yourself, but also knowing that I don't have to work like a dog every second of the day. And I, if I work really when I'm inspired to, which is a lot of the time, um, then I do better work. Mm. And then I'm more able to follow my intuition as opposed to when I'm trying to force it. So taking the time every single morning to be quiet, to journal or meditate or, you know, something for myself at least for a half an hour. Um, I love to get up early, super early, because I like to ease into the day. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wake up, touch the floor, shower, and boom, get started whether I have to go work outside of the house or, or at home, I want to ease into it. Um, so it's all about self-care and taking the time and it's okay to take the time, you know, cutting a half an hour out of your morning routine just for you or an hour isn't going to make you less successful. It'd probably make you more successful. I agree with you. I've had the ability over the past few years to set up a morning routine or rhythm, self-care practice. And yeah. so I, you know, I get up between 5.30, 6 a.m. to start. And my work day doesn't start till about 10. Yeah. Because I, you know, I'm doing all these things and I'm eating breakfast and I'm preparing for the day. And I, it's a, such a privilege as a self-employed person that I'm able to do that, that I can ease into the day. Oh, no. And then when I'm in that zone, then I can get more work done. So it is, um, I think, a, a very good point to create the beginning of the day space for you to actually help fuel the rest of the day. If you were having coffee or at a party or something like that and talking to someone who expressed interest in having a profession in the arts, um, what kind of advice would you share with them? Ooh, um, I guess the same advice that I would share with myself is to realize that you don't have to know everything and, but definitely do your research first. 
try and talk to other people who have done what you're wanting to do and pick their brains um, and kind of go from there. Um, a long time ago, I uh, wrote a charter to open a charter school in Arizona. And I started out by traveling around the state to visit charter schools that were similar to the one that I wanted to create, which would have been a school for the arts where the main focus would have been visual and performing arts. Um, and then you would learn the other academic areas through those instead of the opposite. So I went around to places in Phoenix, Tucson, Flagstaff, and people were wonderful. They would give me tours of their school. They'd give me as much time as they could, and I would ask them a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a great place to start. The other thing is, though, don't, uh, for some reason, when especially young people say they want to go into the arts, so many people poo-poo the idea, oh, you're going to starve. Like, are you kidding me? That drives me nuts. First of all, the myth of the starving artist is a myth. I can think of two famous artists that were broke, Van Gogh and Rembrandt, and most actually very successful in their own time and their own right. Picasso was world famous in his mid-20s and wealthy. So that's a myth, first of all. And nowadays, there's so many things within the arts that you can do. There's so many different thousands and thousands of ways you can be an artist. So um, that would be the other thing. Don't listen to the naysayers. Um, just because it's the arts doesn't mean, you know, you're going to starve. That, that's one of my pet peeves. So how would you describe your entrepreneurial spirit? Because you are, okay? I would use the word passionate because it was coming through in that last question. <laughs> but yeah. how would you personally describe that spirit, your spirit? Um, I guess the practical word that comes to mind is tenacious. I don't give up. Um, even when something is really challenging or difficult, I just... You know, I might lose my temper, I might freak out, but, you know, I'm always going to find a way to make whatever it is happen. I tend to bite off more than I can chew, or sometimes my ideas are bigger than I can really bring to fruition. But I, I kind of think it's better to have a great big idea, mm -hmm. like a ginormous idea. Audacious. Maybe get to 80% of it rather than have just like an okay idea, complete it 100%. So I guess that's what sums it up. And I'm always, always trying to make it bigger and better. And by bigger, I mean um, more effective, more, more reaching, um, just better and bigger in quality and, and reach. So. Do you take any time on a regular basis to do any kind of professional development work? Like you do webinars about how to run a business when it comes to art or anything like that? Not really. I, as you know, I'm not much of a, of a planner. Uh, We're working on it, people. <laughs> I'm the random abstract type, but um, I, I fall into things. I just kind of fall into things. And 
And what's happened for me is prior to the last five years, I had fallen about 20 years behind in technology because I was an art teacher. So I was teaching traditional drawing, painting, ceramics, sculpture, things like that, and had not touched a computer since Mac Paint and Mac Draw. And um, so I've had to really plunge myself into learning technology. And that's an ongoing thing. And Adobe updates their <laughs> programs every other hour. So every time I'm, you know, I update Photoshop or, or Illustrator, it's like, oh goodness, what have they done that I have to relearn now? Yeah. Um, so I kind of get thrust into it, um, but I'll happen upon things, you know, I'm kind of a, like, like I said, not a planner, but I'll see something that sounds interesting and I'll jump on or um, certainly I like, I, I'm probably learning more from, these one-on-one -on -one meetings that we've been doing through our networking group. Um, and I tend to like either small encounters with just a few people or one-on-one -on -one than I like big groups. Mm -hmm. um, and I've certainly learned a lot. And a lot of people like yourself have led me to, oh, read this or check that out or listen to this person or, or they've even given me information. So yeah more like that I think. yeah knowledge share um yeah. yeah i love that i love that and i love that people in particularly women because i haven't really been networking with men um although there's a group javanya's group i really want to mm -hmm. check that out but um all the women i've met are very generous mm -hmm. and not a competitive bone in their body it's all about just like and i love that because that's why i'm i'm a teacher i've always been a teacher because i love sharing knowledge and it you know i get excited oh i just learned this and now i want you to to learn it so you can enjoy it mm -hmm. and be excited too you know you just want to share it's much more fulfilling when you can share that you know joy with other people yeah i agree i totally agree when you think about either your personal or professional visit, vision to the future for you, what do you kind of daydream? What are some of your audacious goals? Ooh, I was just talking to a young friend visiting this morning, but um, I guess one of my big fantasies is to make enough money in children's publishing and the merchandise that I've created to go with my books so that I can, I've always wanted to open a really amazing summer camp for the arts for kids who would never have the money to afford something like that. Mm. So a beautiful location like we have here in Rhode Island, I'm in South County and there's quite a few camps down here that are on lakes. And to kind of give, you know, whether they're rural kids or inner city kids or whomever, suburban kids, it doesn't matter, but kids who wouldn't have the money and to spend a really fun, intensive summer studying with amazing art teachers and music teachers and dance teachers and um, creative writing, anything that's creative and, and give them that opportunity to come back year after year. That would be amazing. Maybe, maybe get Oprah in on it. You know, I want to come to that camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be be a great motivational speaker for kids because yeah. they, you know, they need that. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds like um, 
a doable goal. I know it's a lot of moving pieces and the likes, but I think that would be something pretty cool to offer the youth of Rhode Island an opportunity to um, make things in a safe, fun summer camp environment. Yeah. I think that'd be fairly cool. Okay, here's my final question for you. Sure. Kind of like a series of questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite flower? That's hard, but if I have to pick one, I would say lilacs. Just they remind me of home. Coffee or tea? Both. Coffee morning, tea afternoon. Okay. Tahiti or Paris? Tahiti. Oh, interesting. But if I could throw another option in there, it would uh -huh. be Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Have you ever been? Yes, yes. And Paris a couple of times. Never Tahiti, but I love, I just like peace and quiet. Yeah. But you don't get much peace and quiet in Paris. I mean. No, yeah. that's just it. I'm not much of a city person, although Paris is quite stunning. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Are you an intention setter or a goal getter? Both, but less of a goal setter and more of an intention setter lately. And do you have a favorite quote that you can share with us? Yes, and I, I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to come up with a really cool, like, funny Catherine Hepburn quote or something. But really, my, my favorite quote has been uh, Thomas Edison. Um, I didn't fail. I just thought of a thousand ways that it won't work. And so I kind of see myself as failing into success. <laughs> and I love that. So mistakes really are, are very good and important. Thanks so much to Donna for sharing her passion, for following her dream to make art her chosen vocation. And I really love that she is a big fan of following your creative dreams. And I also love her suggestion to just start, just do it, whatever it is. She's not only passionate, she is a tenacious, gritty broad. And that's one of the things I love about her. And she loves to learn. You can check out her work at her website, MissMacBooks.com. And on that site, you'll see a list of her books and a link to her new creative project, The Bubbla Magazine, which is a digital space for kids by kids. I'll be adding links to the show notes. And here's another one I'd like to share with you. Do you spend way too much time on email trying to schedule appointments? Well, I dealt with that, man. I was so over it. So I found Calendly and it's a total game changer. It certainly was for me when it came time to really be serious about managing my time. And there's even a free version. So I'll include a link in the show notes for it. But if you sign up for my e-newsletter by visiting my website, ctdcreative.co, I will send you a list of some other free apps along with that one to help you organize your workday. And I also want to recommend if you love listening to podcasts, you might want to check out the Marketing Made Easy podcast by Amy Porterfield. Every episode I listen to has me grabbing a pen and paper to jot down loads of tips. And I will also include a link to that show in the show notes. So have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Broadband, a podcast about women in business sharing their wisdom. And please subscribe if you enjoy it and are picking up some tips yourself. I want to mention on the next show, 
Ramona Nichols, who is the owner and operator of Inspired Creative Studio, will be joining me, and it is that agency that designed my new gorgeous website. Thanks so much to Donna for sharing some of her time and a little bit of her story with us, and I want to say thanks again to my pal, Elizabeth Fournier, for the show intro and outro. Until next time, I'm going to close with this quote. Success isn't about how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. And that is by the amazing Michelle Obama. Thank you again so much for joining me and my guests on Broadband the Podcast. I hope you learned a few things like I do every week I talk with someone. Um, I want to hear from you, dear listener. I have a message feature here on my show page. And I would love to know who has inspired you to take a leap of faith. I may include your response in a future podcast, so I'm going to include instructions in the show notes if you would be so willing to share such a story with me. Until next time, have a great week. You've been listening to Broadband, a podcast showcasing the inspiring stories of businesswomen about their successful journeys in building their businesses. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about the show, be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the website. Thanks for listening.